Welcome to Puzzling It Out, Thoughts and Perspectives from a Clinical Psychologist. Hello, I'm Dr. Gail Lewis, your podcast host, and a clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. The title of today's podcast is How Coronavirus Fears Might Cause You to Out Your MS Before You Are Ready. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is, well, it seemed timely to talk about issues that are coming up in my practice around coronavirus, around the lack of quality information that we might be getting about how to handle this. And even though the National MS Society has posted a page on their website, that's nmss.org, about people who have multiple sclerosis and how they should be addressing their care as a function of what is happening, what we are being told about the spread of coronavirus, there are some things on the website that are not being discussed, and I wanted to have a platform here to talk about some of the things that are coming up in my work. So one of the issues that is being discussed, um, and I'm going to go by the CDC's standards of care here rather than our government's because I'm not trusting what the government is saying because it seems to be more political than savvy to the care of human health, is that people who are elderly, that is above the age of 60, um, who might have underlying illnesses, whose immune system might not be as hardy as people who are younger than that age, and people with compromised immune systems should take particular care about how they are moving about and living their daily lives without as much interruption as possible, but there is a lot of interruption that could come to someone who has multiple sclerosis because if you are on a disease-modifying therapy and if you're not, you might have good reasons for not, um, but I'll talk about that in another podcast. If you are, what it means is as follows. Multiple sclerosis is a disease that is considered to be an autoimmune disease, and it, it is said to be a disease that causes you to have a hyperactive immune system, whereby your own immune system is attacking itself in an elevated way, whatever that might mean. Um, and your doctor probably could explain that to you better than I can. And the disease-modifying treatments that you're on are meant to slow down that body's immune system's attack on its own immune system by slowing down how that works and thereby slowing down the progression and thereby trying to keep your disease from getting worse. That's kind of a simplified version of how disease-modifying treatments work. But by virtue of being on those disease-modifying treatments that help to diminish the 
progress, or slow the progress of your MS, what it also does is it lowers your white cell blood count. And your white blood cells are there to fight infection and to combat viruses that are coming into your system that are foreign to your system. And when someone has a compromised immune system, as do people who have MS on disease-modifying treatments, your white blood cell count isn't as robust as someone who is not in that particular position. Now, what this means is that someone with MS and someone with MS on disease-modifying treatments is not more likely to get the coronavirus. If you are taking all precautions that you need to be taking, washing your hands regularly for 20 seconds at a time, using hand sanitizer, not shaking people's hands, staying within six feet of people, coughing into your elbow, not into your hand, um, the CDC has all of these um, suggestions and recommendations on their website, as does the MS Society, about what one might do. In addition to not go to your doctor's office if you're worried that there's something going on with you, but to call your doctor's office ahead of time. Um, because if you're going to your doctor's office, it has the potential of exposing you to something that in a doctor's office through another person's visit might be something that is a contagion. You don't want to put yourself in that position. And if you yourself are contagious, you don't want to put others in that position. So with all that, um, as I'm saying, someone with MS or someone with MS on disease-modifying treatments is not more likely to get the coronavirus if you are taking all necessary precautions. What the issue is, is that if you do get it because of one's compromised or suppressed immune system, the likelihood that the coronavirus could progress to something that is more severe has a higher chance of happening than with someone who has a robust immune system. It doesn't mean that that's necessarily a fact, but it means that you would be more likely, if you were to get it, to get sicker than someone who does not have a compromised immune system. So why do I want to talk about this in terms of how I see the onset of this coronavirus and I think in many ways the lack of preparedness that many of us have around how to handle this. One of the issues that I'm finding is coming up that I had intended upon talking about in a later podcast but it seems timely now is well some companies are asking their employees to work from home as a matter of health safety, health precaution, keeping people from having to commute to work, whether it be around a lot of people in subways, for example, in enclosed spaces, or to be in an environment, in a work situation where people are 
just bumping into each other within less than six feet of one another because of their work requirements, etc. So instead of increasing the likelihood that one can pass coronavirus to another person, offices are closing around, well, around the world, um, and some have started closing around the country, but some have not. And it doesn't mean they won't, but in the interim, what does someone with MS do who is aware that their, their immune system is compromised and perhaps suppressed because of their disease-modifying treatment? What does one do in terms of revealing that to their boss when they before hadn't considered doing it in a way that felt safe or comfortable for them, that they weren't ready to do? And there are many of you out there who have MS who have not shared this information with your employer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you're not required to share that information with your employer. Uh, the only time that it would seem like a better idea to share it with your employer is if you're finding that your work product is getting interfered with because of some symptoms that you're having from your MS. But then again, that also should be a thoughtful decision and one that is not made lightly. But is there time for thought when we're talking about a virulent issue that someone with MS might be more at risk for um, for getting the contagion and getting sicker, does that mean that this person has a more immediate need to share something with their boss, even if their MS is not affecting their work product, even if they're able to function very well and have been functioning very well? What does it mean to tell your boss that I can't come to work because I have MS or I can't come to work because I have a compromised immune system. And the anxiety that can ensue as a result of doing that, even if it's true, even if it's a decision that's made out of anxiety, it could still be a decision that's made out of anxiety that has been brought on by all the information that has been conveyed both in a in a verifiable way and also in ways that have unfortunately created panic but nonetheless when someone has a compromised immune system their chance of getting a worse case of this coronavirus, as I've now said several times, is, is more likely if they were to get the contagion. So what does someone who's working in an office environment um, do when they're not ready to tell their employer that they have MS, but they feel they must tell their employer because they're afraid of going to work? Because that means commuting, that means being around people, that means being more open to getting ill. And this, this has come up in my practice and I 
I certainly explore this with my patients, as I do with all of my patients, but I also try to offer some reassurance. And one of the pieces of reinsurance, reassurance that I talk about is um, the information and technical assistance information that is available on the American with Disabilities Act website, and that's the ada.gov. And as far as employment, I'm going to read this to you from their website. This is Title I. Title I of the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990 prohibits private employers, state and local governments, employment agencies, and labor unions from discriminating against qualified individuals with disabilities and job application procedures, hiring, firing, advancement, compensation, job training, and other terms, conditions, and privileges of employment. The ADA covers employers with 15 or more employees, including state and local governments. It also applies to employment agencies and to labor organizations. So why am I bringing that up? Because one of the issues why people don't want to reveal that they have MS to their employers is that they are afraid that they will be looked at as incapable, even if their job and work product has not in any way shown suffering from their having this disease. But they are concerned that they will be looked at as lazy, which I see as a projection. Many people who have MS and have a difficult time adjusting to the symptoms that they have, for example, being fatigued, will often equate quote, giving into fatigue as a sign of laziness versus acknowledging that fatigue can be so overwhelming that you don't have any control over it and it's not synonymous with being lazy. It is synonymous with having a disease in which one of the most prevalent symptoms is fatigue. My point being that People with MS have a lot of insecurities about how people are going to react to what it means to have MS, particularly their employers. And part of this, is, again, is their own projections and their own self-hating feelings and shame around having MS and the, the way that MS mediates some of their ability to do things that they previously had done before more robustly and more perfectly, in quotes. And some of it has to do with an awareness that many people out there are very uneducated about what MS is, what MS looks like, how MS is a disease in which most of the symptoms are invisible to the naked eye, and that um, it, it means that a lot of the population, when they hear that someone has MS, and I talked about this in a prior podcast, because of their lack of education, because of their lack of experience and lack of exposure, they assume someone is, is in a wheelchair or immobilized in a very profound way. And that's not necessarily the case for a lot of the people who have MS. So one of the fears of telling an employer is that 
uh, let's say this person has been employed for a while, and again, their work product hasn't suffered from having MS, but if they're making a request to stay home because they're afraid of the coronavirus, they're concerned that you know, even though their employer is not allowed to ask them about the specifics of their disease, that is against the law, that unless they explain to their boss exactly why it is they're making this request, which they might not be psychologically prepared to do, but feel forced to do because uh, they feel like they have to explain, um, they're concerned that they will both reveal information that they themselves are not psychologically prepared to reveal and that their employers we will not be understanding, will not have compassion, and will make it a, a general assumption that this person is copping out, is not being strong enough, is being lazy, is not a good worker, and will start questioning their work productivity. I have no information to back up that that claim is one that has truly happened. But I do know that people are very much afraid of that. But um, this is a time when in the area of self-care that people with MS need to be speaking up to the people around them, family members, friends, um, dealing with social events, why they might not be able to come to a social event, that others feel more safe going to, that even with the necessary precautions that the CDC have provided, that even with that, they feel unsafe going outside, that this is the time that they may need to prematurely, to their psychological sense of well-being, tell their employer that they in fact have a situation of compromised health that working from home would be a more mindful, considerate decision of self-care without fearing repercussions. That is why I refer to the America for Disabilities Act. Now, there are ways to do this that um, if you go to the National MS Society's website, um, they have a page of resources under which there is a subpage of employment, and they talk about how to deal with speaking to an employer about your MS. To make it easier for you, on my website, drgaillewis.com, I have a resources page, and I have a specific block of resources to click on to specific to multiple sclerosis and I've added some links to those those parts of the National MS Society's website about how to disclose to a boss and also from the Americas for Disabilities Act there's a link on there from the National MS Society's page as well in order to help you feel more comfortable doing this and one recommendation that's on there that I think is, is a better idea than necessarily directly going to your boss is if your office has a human resource department to going to the person who 
you're most comfortable talking to in the human resource department who is probably much more familiar with the ADA and much more familiar with the specifics and what it means to work with a disability and what it means to ask for work from home time uh, in a more understanding and a more comprehensively understanding way than just going to your boss. Again, this is explained much more thoroughly on the MS Society's webpage. So I encourage you to go to that if you fall under the category of someone about whom I am currently speaking. I don't mean to sound so alarming. Um, I'm listening to the sound of my voice right now. I'm trying to come from a place of knowing that I think people have the right to protect their information and protect information around their health until they're ready to share it. But because of what's happening right now, that process is likely to be expedited because of the need for self-care and therefore one might not be completely ready to do what I'm suggesting. So another avenue which I might recommend to you is um, the National MS Society has a navigator. Go onto their website and you will find a link to their navigator and you'll be able to talk to somebody, um, likely someone who has a social work background about this very issue. And they will be able to talk you through how you might be able to handle this in a way that feels safer for you. At the same time, if you are someone who has a therapist, um, I would definitely encourage you to discuss this with your therapist. And if your doctor is available, your medical doctor, your neurologist is available, or a nurse on their team, or a social worker at your neurologist's office, if someone is available there to discuss this with, that might be um, a more obvious choice for you to find someone who you know to talk to about how you might want to handle this. Again, you cannot be penalized for having MS at work. Um, the American for Disabilities Act ensures that that is the case. That doesn't mean that it's not scary to share something, especially if you feel like you're being forced to by external information that is beyond your control, but that makes it obvious for you to take self-care measures, again, earlier than you might be ready to do so. So that's my podcast for today. I hope that this was useful. And again, my website has resources and information about how you might want to proceed the National MS Society's website is nmss.org. They have resources as well about protocol for dealing with the coronavirus. And they also have um, web pages on their website dedicated completely to dealing with how to discuss this with an employer and links to other information relevant to this that could be useful to you. So please take a look at my website. If you have any questions, as always, you can contact me 
via my email on my website. My office phone number is on there as well. In addition, there is a page where you can schedule an appointment to meet with me in person should this be something or if there are other issues that you would like to discuss in an in-person appointment. I hope that everybody listening is taking care, is washing their hands thoroughly, is using available antibacterial gel when they can, and just doing what they can to keep themselves safe. Even if it seems extreme, if it's something like staying at home for a while, ordering your food in, not going to a supermarket, not going to your workplace, working from home, if these things are what you need to do, then first you need to give yourself permission to do that, and it's out of self-care. And I'm going to emphasize one more thing that I've now said, I think, three times. Someone with MS does not mean that you are more likely to contract the coronavirus. It means, though, that if you do contract the coronavirus, that because of your suppressed immune system, if you are on a DMT, and just by virtue of having an autoimmune disease, that it is more likely than someone without a compromised immune system that the disease could become more serious than someone who doesn't have a compromised immune system. And it means that if you have signs, you need to call your doctor immediately and get the care that you need. This is treatable. Um, And hopefully our government will be able to find some way to contain this and to communicate a sense of calm and ease based on reality, more so than, in my opinion, they have been able to do thus far. Thank you again for listening, as always. Until my next episode, take care. Bye-bye.